All right, folks, let's get tapped in here. January 22nd, 2023, Sunday night session. Ready to run it up with you guys. We got Bitcoin pumping as the banking system moves to shut down the cryptocurrency space. Not clickbait, not FUD. Let's cut through the nonsense and the noise. Let's get straight to the truth. Provide clarity for people that are trying to save themselves during this time. Let's survive and thrive during the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. It's not a meme. This isn't a generational wealth meme or plan or prayer. We're not on hopium. This is real strategies on a daily basis, consistent with it. And we're going to continue to pull up with some of the best content this year for you guys in the cryptocurrency space. It's going to be happening on this channel. I'm telling you guys right now, get tapped in, hit that subscribe notification bell. Make sure you don't miss any of our live content. Massive sessions on the way. You already saw Reggie Middleton once again. I just saw Reggie put together a little montage clip of uh, all, you know, who who is Reggie Middleton and what the hell has he done? I think is what he uh, captioned the the video that he shared on Twitter, and it included all of his best calls going back to the Great Financial Crisis. You know, all the calls that he's made leading up into today's last few years, where he's you know obviously got been rewarded the DeFi patent and everything that he's been doing. But I loved it because he included the Hoop mixtape soundtrack, and then he included some some uh, video shots of him kickboxing, some jabs. And um, he's just a well-rounded guy and just another big hitter in the space that we had on the program last week. This week, uh, Tuesday, sitting down with Fred Rispoli, I'm going to be recording that conversation. And then we will play that one in prime time for you guys. I'll be there to watch it with you. But it's going to be a massive session once again. Fred Rispoli filing a class action lawsuit against Coinbase. So Reggie, and I'm, I'm kind of getting worried here because I'm getting involved in some conversations here. These guys are making big claims. Reggie Middleton, obviously saying that it basically is DeFi patent. Most projects in the space are infringing upon his patent. And he's filed the lawsuit against Coinbase and now Circle. Then this week coming up, we got Fred Rispoli on Tuesday. Class action lawsuit against Coinbase as well. And so what I'm just trying to figure out right now is what claims need to be made because we've had to take this conversation legal. Now, now the kids in the room, those that are immature, those that are just complaining about life and being little bitches, just complaining don't want to actually get the lawyers involved, even though this is the adult thing to do. This is what a real business player does. Someone who wants to understand what they've invested in and protect their assets and wealth. has to, You have to get the lawyers involved. This is a litigious society. And we've been wronged. We've been Our property's been damaged. I don't even have my property, my songbird, my flair. So I maybe jo have to join the law. I don't know. I'm going to talk with Fred. I'm going to talk with Jimmy Valley. I wish we didn't have to get the lawyers involved. I wish life was just peaceful. Sunshine, rainbows, XRP pumps, and we're on a yacht and having a good time. Life ain't like that. We're in a legal and a political battle. And the adults in the room aren't getting offended by somebody trying to provide the fair market value uh, uh, evaluation of XRP. You're not going to get offended by that. They're going to step up to the table. And they're going to pull up with, with the lawyers, with the accountants, with people in business who've actually done deals. And we're going to figure out what we can do about this situation. You know, we, we don't want to give away our, we, we don't care for a buyback necessarily. We want our country back. And we just want to be able to hold these assets that we've invested in and understand what they are. What are the clear roads of the uh, uh, rules of the road? Gary Gensler, where are you? Right? Congress, where are you? 
Massive session once again tonight, guys. I don't want to rant too much, but as you can tell, I'm fired up. It's Sunday night. It's a great session that we're about to have here once again. Please, if you can do me a favor, smash that thumbs up if you appreciate that content. Don't forget to share it far and wide once we're done. Share it in your Discord, your Telegram, wherever you're at, okay? Twitter. Let's share this message far and wide so that we can get people tapped in on the situation. Understand that this isn't just about us XRP holders praying every night. Oh, please bail us out, Federal Reserve, for 50K per XRP. My life's been so hard. I deserve this. Are you kidding me? This is pulling up every day and putting in the work that we really don't even want to do. But like I said, it's a legal political battle. Let's get tapped in. What are we doing right now? Greatest transfer of wealth in world history. I appreciate all of you guys so much. Let's get it rolling. Now we see crypto. Uh, we are back up here. I thought that I had coin market cap pulled up. I guess I don't. But let's take a look here at the Bitcoin chart to get started for this uh, session here tonight. Here we are. Bitcoin back down to 22.7. Okay, 22.7. We'll zoom in a little bit on it. So you can see, okay, we got, we got up here. Had a nice little pump into the new moon, January 21st, and then we've started to roll over. Okay, well, we're starting to bring it back down. 22.6, still holding strong. Bitcoin pumping. Is it real? Is it fake? Let me know in the comments down below. Do you guys think that this is a fake out bull trap rally and we're about to go down to the downside? Or do you think that the bottom is in and it's just going to be nothing but uh, upside from here? Now, obviously, we would have pullbacks, but, you know, what do you guys think? You think that we've set the bottom? Is the bottom in? Let me know in the comments down below. I don't believe it is. I don't believe it is. Okay. Fantastic. Let's get right on into the update, though. Here we go. Here we go. Cheers, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I saw someone just ask, what crypto broker do you buy your XRP? What crypto broker do you use mainly? I used to like Coinbase. It was nice. It was smooth. It was clean. I no longer like to use Coinbase, but uh, I use Qcoin, and then I use Uphold for buying my XRP right now. Uh, and, and so you can go to my website, and you can go to exchanges, and, you, and you'll see. I got links for wallets and exchanges, and it's all over at my website for you guys. So if you guys are looking for a place to buy XRP or basically all of the assets that, that uh, you know we talk about every single day, Qcoin and Uphold has been the one-two combo for me as of late. I've done most of my trading on Qcoin, and they allow me to have access to some other cryptos that Uphold doesn't have, Coinbase doesn't have, and many of the popular exchanges that are in the United States, we are limited. And, um, you know, I don't really don't do pancake swap, sushi swap. I don't mess around with anything uh, sushi swap nonsense. So for me, I, I just have been accumulating the few in, in Qcoin and Uphold has been the one-two punch as of late for me. All the links are at my website, ZachRichter.com. Full update. Let's get it. Current events, situations unbelievable in the D.C. swamp. Colin Rugg here shares this. Is no one going to talk about how the DOJ spent 13 whole hours searching Biden's home yesterday? Something much bigger is going on, and they're trying to hide it. Now, don't take it from Colin. Let's go take a look. Let's go take a look. Justice Department investigators find six more items marked classified in search of Biden's Delaware home. Folks, there is a real investigation underway into our president. Okay, let me, let me, let me bring this back. Let me make this clear for everybody to understand. Her president is under investigation right now, guys, by the Department of Justice and the FBI. Okay, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not saying that. This was a CNBC or CBS News. This is CBS. This is mainstream. Don't attack me. Don't come for me, fact checkers. 
I can't say anything. I can't say anything. This is America. This is our president. I can't say anything. My hands are tied. Let me know in the comments. Can't, I can't speak on it further. Political world stage. Let's take a look. Germany won't block Poland giving Ukraine tanks. So we're starting to see that NATO's ramping up, talking tough, bringing tanks, bringing equipment in here to Ukraine. Let's watch this situation closely. Remember, we talked about this last week, how some Western sources were saying that, you know, potentially a truce was about to be signed here, you know, and that, and that you know, Putin maybe was about to call victory and, and call it good. Well, Jim Rickards puts out this tweet here today. The Russian winter offense, and, and see, we see the West ramping it up, providing equipment, providing tanks, talking about how much help we're going to give Ukraine. And then Jim Rickards puts this one out today. The Russian winter offensive in Ukraine has begun. The new moon is a tell. Now, I see that's interesting. I, I find that interesting that Jim mentions that. Jim's tapped in on another level as well. One of the OGs. One of the OGs, Jim Rickards. Huge shout out. Darkness favors the offense. This will dominate the geopolitical situation in the weeks ahead. Don't expect to hear about this in the U.S. and U.K. media. They're part of the Ukrainian propaganda machine. Right, so the so, so, situation's unconfirmed. It's tough to get good intel out of that region. Once again, we have the West with their propaganda machine. We have Mr. Putin with his propaganda machine. It's tough to get to the truth in that region. We continue to pray for peace, and we continue to acknowledge that our country's bankrupt. So it doesn't matter if we want to help out Ukraine, we want to help out whoever, we think that we should write off student loan debt, we think that we should do, I'm not even going to speak further on it, we're broke, we're bust, look at the balance sheet, put on the big boy pants, and recognize the situation, whether you think it's the right thing to do or not, we are broke, when you can't cut the check, you can't cut the check, you know, and, and you want us to raise the debt ceiling once again, you want us to go into debt further? Are you ready to, you know, put on our big boy pants and actually acknowledge the problem here? We got to do something. We got to reset. We got to revalue the debt, the currency, and we have a liquidity crisis as well. This currency war has now gone live, and that's what you're seeing in Ukraine right now. And then you're seeing it here, and I see we got some super chats in the house. Ant Lynn Online Major, two, uh, that's a 10 spot. Thanks, Zach. Please buy the red folder, a drink from Ant Lynn. Ant Lynn, you already know. I was thinking maybe one day I'll just auction off the red folder, give give the money to charity or something like that. I, I think that would be fun, right? Uh, one day, one day we'll auction it off. When our work is done, when our work is done and we're ready to retire, I'm gonna I'm gonna retire the red folder, and all the documents will come with it, and uh, we'll donate the proceeds to charity, little, little charity auction or something. <laughs> the red folder has some important documents in it. And they've really led to helping us understand our rights as digital asset investors a whole lot better. No matter what the haters say. No matter what these haters say. These documents have been important. 10 spot from Aunt Lynn online. I appreciate that very much. Crypto McDizzle faux shizzle. Two spot. Massive two spot. ALBT is another super low cap quant partner, etc. That's a alliance block? Is that alliance block? I forget which one that is. ALBT. I'll take a look. McDizzle. I'll take a look. Pollock 35, 10 spot. I see you. Thank you. Would you split 3K or just one? Um, I'm sorry. What would you do? Oh, oh, are you talking about investing 3K? My brother, my friend, I cannot give you financial advice. 
For me, I have found a few cryptocurrencies that turn me on and 99.9% .9 of them that I don't think are, are worth anything. I don't think they have any real utility and I don't think that they are worth an investment. So that's how I can answer that question is that I've only put my money into a few. I'm not here to be your financial advisor, give you financial advice. You need to have conviction when you make your move and you need to you know, understand uh, what we're investing in. You may have to listen to some other people. Don't just listen to me. Okay, but be careful who you listen to because we know there's a lot of nonsense being spewed out here in the streets of YouTube and Twitter. Uh, so let's get tapped in with some people that really have a plan here, really understand these assets, really understand value, really understand business, really understand currency and sound money, understand geopolitics, understand that we have a legal battle underway as well and that we may need to make claims. See, this is a very serious situation. This is not chase a pump. <laughs> you know, hey, what's, what's the next uh, low cap gem, bro? This is not that conversation, okay? But once again, I appreciate that super chat. That was a nice little 10 spot there from Pollock. Would I split 3K or just one? I'll tell you what, I don't diversify amongst the many. I, I don't have much diversification within the cryptocurrency space, to be honest. I'm mostly into liquidity tokens, XRP, XLM, XDC, and I do. I, I am going to be taking a look at Filecoin next, which is a different utility, right? Storage, data, different utility than li liquidity tokens that I've uh, gone all in on, right? Um, but once again, not here to give you financial advice. Now let's get right into it. Pollock, another 10 spot. Thank you. I really do appreciate the super chat. He says XLM it is. Well, well, you know, uh, I, I hope that, you know, I can provide clarity on how I'm viewing this space and how I'm viewing these investments. Once again, I'm not here to be your financial advisor and tell you what move to make, but I just want to, you know, explain how I'm looking at this space, how I'm looking at opportunity and value in today's prices versus the value that's going to be unlocked in the new financial system. That's the main difference, the discrepancy and the opportunity between today's market price and then the real value of these assets in a new financial system, in a reset reset currency debt crisis. Here we go, the reset of the dollar underway as the reserve currency status being lost. South African ambassador to Russia says that 13 countries are interested in joining the BRICS group. Guys, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just 13 uh, of many more, many more. He says six of them have officially applied to join the block. The world is beginning to change in a big way. We have another one from Gold Telegraph. Breaking news. Brazil and Argentina will this week announce that they are starting pre uh, preparatory work on a common currency. The future is coming. It's not a joke. It it's not a game. It's not chasing a pump. What, what kind of returns are we expecting? It is literally a how quickly can I get rid of this fiat trash? because inflation is 100% in Argentina. How quickly can we replace a reserve currency status? How quickly can we replace and get out of the SWIFT system? Because inflation is 100% and the people are in the streets. The people of Brazil, right? You know, big, big, big uprising there. And you guys are seeing it in South America. You're seeing it on the African continent. You're seeing it in Asia, everywhere, global. This is in every damn country. This is why this conversation just relates and why we have viewers across the world are tuning in. South Africa in the house. I see of many people actually from South Africa. And now South Africa right here. South African ambassador to Russia says 13 countries are interested in joining the BRICS group. One, you know, it doesn't matter if they're officially going to join BRICS. Are they going to use the dollar? Are they going to keep it as a reserve uh, currency? Are they going to uh, continue to fund United States debt by buying our treasury bonds, our treasury notes? The answer is no. The answer is no.
And like I said, just watch the Vice documentary, our Argentina inflation up 100%. And uh, they, they, in the Vice documentary I watched, they interviewed a local currency dealer. And this guy was moving over, to, you know, about $20,000 U.S. equivalent on a daily basis. Basically, he was exchanging $20,000 U.S. just in the streets of Argentina. That, that is just one guy, one of many. That's, that's basically taking advantage here of this opportunity, giving the people what they want, because the central bank and the government has literally limited the amount of currency swaps and the amount that people can pull from the banks. So it's not just a matter of getting your money out. They're not letting you switch to the U.S. dollar. And as we continue to say, you pull the cleanest shirt out of the closet, and it is the U.S. dollar still today, still today even with the amount of abuse that our government and Federal Reserve has done to the United States dollar and the value of this currency, right? In the United States, we see it at 6%. The people of these countries don't care, right? Their country's getting destroyed by over 100%. So, so do you see the difference there? They see why it doesn't matter to them. You see why they're paying uh, over and above market price to get dollars in their country, trading clothes for food, and we think that it can't happen here. Digital Asset Dad, I see you another 10 spot. Thank you for the support. Johnny Lakers, 626, five spot. XRP and XLM, big brother, little brother. The one-two combo, the one-two pair. We talked about it last night. Uh, they always pair up. They're, they're, they, they piggyback. Mostly XLM follows XRP Ripple. It's, it's like they'll, they'll be in the same region on the same day. They'll make an announcement, a partnership, uh, you know, firing up a corridor in this country. Now, remember, as we titled this video, Bitcoin pumping while the banks move to shut down cryptocurrency. I'm going to get into it. We talked about it last night. Major announcement from Swift in regards to one bank's, uh, I forget what the name of the bank. I'm going to show you guys here in a second. And they're cutting off the ability to fund your cryptocurrency exchange unless it's a payment of over $100,000. So they'll let you do it. They'll let you do it. But only if you got the big the big bucks, hundred thousand dollars. Now this is one bank for funding on one exchange, Binance. But we're going to talk about this issue. This is serious. But I want to make this point: while they tell us, while they try to shut us down, while Jamie Dimon says that we have nothing but a pet rock, and I would argue that Bitcoin's not worth much. I agree with Jamie Dimon on that point. But this is the banking system that we are up against right here. Quick reminder from Brother XOS on Twitter. Take a look here, folks. What we have, this was announced on March 15, 2020. The board reduced the reserve requirement ratios to zero. Zero percent effective March 26, 2020. This action eliminated reserve requirements uh, at all depository institutions. So while, while the bankers, while they tell us that we're investing in, uh, you know, useless pet rocks, Bill Gates says it's not, you know, not worth anything. Jim Cramer said he wouldn't touch it in a million years. These are all statements that came out from them in the last month. So they publicly run a campaign against it. And God forbid any of them talk about XRP or Ripple. You can't talk about the threat. Don't acknowledge that the threat even exists. Just work behind the scenes, try to get an Ethereum-free pass, try to build your own JPM coin that nobody cares about, nobody wants to use, nobody trusts you. 
Uh, you've been proven in the federal courts to be rigging the derivatives market with precious metals. So thanks, but no thanks. We don't want your JPM coin. But thanks, you know, Jamie Diamond for the thought. But once again, these guys, this is the system that they're operating within. And this is all changing, as you guys have seen with the new Basel requirements, right? And, and this was what was the unprecedented. They just opened um, a whole new reality in 2020 with, with the, the simulations that took place and with the actions taken by these governments and these central banks. They went to zero reserve requirements, and then they took, uh, they, they, they took what was it, the uh, balance sheet. They took from the balance sheet from about $4 trillion to $9 trillion. So they doubled their balance sheet, and then they printed about you know, one-third. I think it was over 30% of the total dollars in circulation they injected into our economy. And then we run a reverse repo program that's been at an all-time high, $2.5 trillion in your reverse repo overnight funding. Make sure the banks have their asses covered in trading amongst each, each other. That's what the overnight reverse repo is. And it's been at an all-time high, $2.5 trillion. And back in 2020, they changed the reserve requirements to zero reserve requirements. As they bash stable coins, as they bash crypto, as, as they say that there's nothing here, no utility. But then they go one step further because it's not just one thing to run a campaign. Disinformation, misinformation, downright lies. But then they go ahead and do this. It, well, this is funny. JP Morgan finally says that investors should sell stocks and take profits after we've already confirmed a recession, after we've already been smacked 20%, 30% for most of the stock market, worst year on record for bonds, third worst year ever for the 60-40 portfolio, and now we should sell stocks and take profits if you have any left, right? And we get news here that the U.S. banks are getting ready for a recession per Reuters. And then we see this right here. Crypto exchanges use the SWIFT network to facilitate deposit and withdrawal requests in fiat currency. It's scary how many replies don't know about SWIFT and how big of a deal this announcement is. Basically, crypto exchanges are cut off from the banking system on February 1st. So some people are arguing this point and pushing back on, on this guy, Finance Lot, I, I think, what is it? Finance Lot on Twitter is his name. Some people are pushing back and saying that this isn't all of the banks, this isn't all of SWIFT, but why would one bank be doing this and, and, and you know cutting off the SWIFT transactions less than $100,000, right? Why would they just take and decide to do this action on their own? It doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, uh, maybe this is something to do with United States. Maybe they got wind that CZ Binance is being investigated and maybe a lawsuit's about to drop. There's a lot of speculation taking place with CZ and Binance right now. But, excuse me, this is something to watch. And this is something that we've already been experiencing in the XRP community. So that's the point. In the XRP community, we've already been going through this. Exchanges delisting. No ability to buy XRP. You can only buy 500 bucks worth on one exchange that works out of some other country. $500 a day is your limit. Um, Chase banking cuts you off. I mean, every single day I'm getting messaged by somebody about how, you know, they're trying to figure out where to buy uh, XRP at. So we're used to this in the XRP community, but now you're seeing, this is just crypto in general. You can't even load up your Binance account here for less than $100,000 if you're trying to fund using this bank, which is just one, but it is part of SWIFT transactions. They're saying no, unless it's more than $100,000, you're cut off. So 
once again, if you don't think the XRP is the world reserve digital currency, you don't think that it's going to put a dent in the universe, that's fine. You might not be able to buy that at any of the other cryptos that you do think are, are worth picking up. Or if you like XRP and you want to pick up some other cryptos too, you're just shit out of luck. We've been warning about this too. The ability for them to cut off the on-ramps and the off-ramps. That's where they're going to get us. I see we got a two-spot from Philip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Philip, I see you two-spot. Thank you. Philip, another two-spot. I see you again. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate the super chats tonight, guys. Um, and, and then finance law adds in with this. And this is what I'm thinking, too. The crypto pump was perfectly timed to suck retail back in right before they passed the new SWIFT rules. 99% of retail are below the 100,000 minimum threshold, which means their money is trapped on February 1st, while the people who crafted the pump can still cash out before exchanges fail. Genius. Now, whether or not this is the case or not, whether this is just one instance, one bank, and maybe I'm getting a little too worried, I'm a little too paranoid. You guys are seeing the issues every damn bank or every damn day. Whether you got to, you know, uh, provide your, your, your information again. You got to KYC again. You got to take another picture. You got to do this or that, right? And, and all of the games that they play. And then in this instance, you're shut off. You don't have 100K, you're shut off, right? Meanwhile, we covered this one yesterday. Make no mistakes. This is CZ Binance's rally. It's completely forged by lending out Binance USD for a dime to Wales who will then do the dirty work for him. This is how this works. Not pumping himself, but providing cheap liquidity. Now, I showed you guys this chart yesterday. I'm not going to show you again, but it was the hundreds of millions of Binance USD, the, the, the Binance USD stablecoin that was minted at the Paxos Treasury all through the last month. And then on the 20th, we get about 148 million USD printed by uh, USDC, that, that, that circle, the circle USDC treasury. They minted about 150 million, okay? And, and so this led, USDC took place right before that final blow-off pump took us above the 23K level. And we go back and we take a look here. And, and that pump uh, took place right here on the 20th, right here is the day where USDC printed another 150 million USDC, okay? And, um, right, sorry, sorry, I just got a message. And then, um, so, so what we're looking at here, folks, 100% manipulation. Make no mistake, this is CZ Binance's rally. Now, we had mentioned CZ yesterday, right? And, and, and so the way that he gets around this, the way that they do this is he prints it and then he can distribute it to his buddies, to his market maker friends, to other exchanges, right? And we've talked about how, you know, when people ask me about all of these uh, exchange tokens, all these exchange tokens, and then we see Binance, a US dollar backed stable coin, so they call it, right? People ask me about these and I just said that the, real, the only real utility that I saw with them is the ability for an exchange to make their own liquidity to cover their own ass. So that doesn't look like a utility that I want to invest in with crypto, with Crow coin. And, and then they launched all these staking platforms, all these DeFi platforms, right? And that's how they got people in. Well, this looks legit, right? And this looks attractive because I can stake my Kronos and I can get this and that. 
right? And, and, and we've seen it all go bust, and we see the space now struggling, gasping for air. And uh, what we see here is CZ stepping up over the last month. CZ stepping up and once again, confirming the manipulation. That's the beautiful thing about blockchain, is that now we can see and understand that it's being manipulated. Whether you want to agree that it's Binance, whether Binance is solvent or not, whether they're going to go bust or not, whether they're going to get sued by the SEC next or not, doesn't matter. You see the manipulation clear as day. So when you're thinking about FOMOing in, when you see a Bitcoin pump up 50% from their November lows, when you see your favorite altcoin has gone up and it's gone up 10% in a day, right? And we get a look at, at, at the traditional Wall Street boys and girls who are, are taking a fat L right now, and we get to show them that our crypto made 10% returns in a day, right? We, we just destroy them. We wreck them, right? We get a clown on them without realizing that we're, we're participating in a sucker's rally right now. 100% manipulation. Now, let's continue on. Take a look here at Bitcoin's TA. I'm going to show you guys this one from Precision Trade. This is Terra on Twitter. Okay, let's take a look. Bitcoin is out of time. Major trend change is about to occur. If it breaks down to 22.2, get ready for an ABC correction to 18.5 for wave two. Let's take a look here, folks. Okay, we've been warning. This is what we see. We're expecting the rollover, pump into the new moon, perfect timing, perfect energy. Enjoy the bullish energy while it lasts. Uh, I would be shorting if I still was in a, a trading game, but I don't play the trading game in a liquidity crisis. I don't play a trading game when I can't trust the solvency. I can't trust anybody in the cryptocurrency space. But uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin TA right here from Precision Trade says that if Bitcoin breaks down to 22.2, get ready for an ABC correction to 18.5. 18.5. Okay. Now, this is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And I want to say something real quick is that I haven't received my songbird. I haven't received my flare. So I'm already butthurt, right? I, I'm already butthurt that I don't have my, my songbird and I don't have my flare. But honestly, it doesn't really look like I'm missing out on much because especially with this flare deal, because this is getting kind of not done smoothly, not communicated a, as well as it could have been. And, and that's just being nice. But when I, when I saw what I saw today, the red flags go off, and I really actually start to worry about insider trading, manipulation, and a serious case that the SEC might have. Because not only is Flair using this money to fund their project, but you're about to see the other projects that were given grants, Flair grants, were dumping on us. You wonder why this price of Flair dumped? It wasn't just the regular airdrop dump that you always get with an airdrop token normally you always get selling pressure right away when people are given free money they're going to take that free money and run with it but it wasn't just that take a look at this folks and this is making me kind of sick i'm butthurt about not having my songbird and flare but this sends off the red red alert the, the red flags i'm starting to see some things that look not good i don't like gary Gensler. i'm not a fan of our sec it's clear as day when they do have a case for insider trading and securities uh, offerings. When the project is not built out yet. Take a look. Take a look. Listen to the lawyer, Bill Morgan. Bill Morgan here on Twitter. How many other FTSOs received grants in January before the airdrop 
and have been selling and continue to selling to fund operations. When was any of this disclosed by Flair or BitTrue? So BitTrue's in on it, potentially, potentially. Uh, this is unconfirmed, but kind of confirmed and an acknowledgement of light FTSO dumping on us is what we're looking at right here, folks. This is unfortunate. Light FTSO, providing signals for Songbird and Flare, facilitating passive income for Flare participants, helping connect everything. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. Let's take a look. Light FTSO. Take a look here, folks. In the interest of full disclosure and honesty, Light FTSO received 280,000 flare grant on January 8th and sold a portion of it, 110,000 flare, before the wider community received their tokens. This was enabled by BitTrue allowing flare deposits. Well, gee, thanks. Thanks, BitTrue. We 100% understand that it wasn't right and offer an unreserved apology for it. Gee, thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. And just to be completely clear about this, our sales were made at an average price of 24 cents USDT. We didn't sell at the top. So don't worry, guys. They didn't dump on us at the top. They could have made some more money, but they didn't. They didn't. They sold down average sell price at 24 cents. So that should make you feel better about this. Let's continue on. We did not dump the price. This is according to them, okay? Our sales were spaced out and using limit orders as much as possible in order to minimize the impact on price. These sales were made in order to ensure the continuous operation of our service for at least a year. What a load of BS, guys. I mean, who cares what you're building at this point? You're dumping on us. You're dumping on the community to fund your project. Red alert. We believe in the future of Flare and Songbird, and we want to be a part of it, and that's why we sold. We can't operate it if we have no funds for it. They're broke with a damn story, just like everybody else in this space, with a pathetic story. They, they don't care. Even if they think they're genuine, they don't have any real utility. There's an FTSO committee in the making, and we'll have a talk about this when the time comes. Flare and Songbird are a great pair of networks, and it's amazing to be a part of them. They both have a very bright future ahead, and we believe 100% in it. Hopefully, we can soon get past this and solve more pressing issues and keep building. Again, we're sorry for any bad blood caused by this. Have a happy Sunday. And that's their story. That's their story. That's pathetic. It's pathetic. And just like Bill asked, how many other... How many other... Uh, projects that were granted. How many other? These are uh, Flare. What are these? FTSOs. I forget what they're called. The, the, these are Flare projects that received grants. That, that's what this is. This is Flare projects that received grants in January before the airdrop and have been selling and continue selling to fund operations. When was any of this disclosed by Flare or Blitcher? Now, I'll be honest. I don't care. I don't care. They dumped on us. I knew we were going to get dumped on. We talked about this. We put out the warning. We, we knew Flair was going to dump. Absolutely. From 50 cents down to below 5 cents. We knew something was coming. And, and sure enough, I wasn't expecting this. But the fact that they dumped on us to fund their project, you know, 
whatever. But for the SEC, for good guy Gary Gensler and, and the little little gang of uh, you know regulators that are watching this cryptocurrency space, you guys are sending off the signals. You guys are sending off the, 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 the whistleblower alert. Uh, and I wish that wasn't the case. I'm not trying to rat anybody out or snitch anybody out. I'm not going to be reporting you to the SEC. But what the hell, guys? What are we doing? Besides being full of shit. All you guys with your little projects. I ask every damn month I put out a tweet. Anybody building a real project on the XRPL yet? Anybody launch real NFTs with utility on the XRPL yet? Can I get a bunch of BS in the comments? There's a couple. There's a couple. Shout out to Reaper. Shout out to uh, you know Patrick Riley. Shout out to a couple others that are doing a little something. But these guys got another story for us, and they got to say sorry that we dumped on you guys. And, and, and I'm saying, I don't really care that you dumped on me. I haven't even got my tokens yet. I don't even know if I'm ever going to get my tokens. So, I, you know, I really don't care. But this is the shit that's holding the space back. And then they want to act like, oh, no, we're all about investing in this, these tokens and this ecosystem. I don't know. It just gives me a bad taste, you know. And obviously, it brought out a couple swear words. I do apologize. Hopefully, you aren't listening with the little ones here in the background. Uh, because it's just frustrating, man. This is the type of stuff that's putting the space back. I hate to see it. I hate to see it. And we'll see who else is more. I'm gonna. This is going to be something to watch. And I'm going to call out everybody. I'm going to call out everybody. Light FTSO is the first one to acknowledge this. They give us a piss poor apology. And um, we're going to continue to follow up and see who else did this. Because this is this is not what we want for the space. Now, talking about what we don't want for the space, this is pathetic. We have Cynthia Loomis voting for Gary Gensler. This is shared here by Digital Asset Investor. You guys take a look. She's going to explain to you guys why she voted for Gary Gensler, why she wanted to confirm Gary Gensler. But what's interesting to me is for all the reasons that she cites, once again, she tells a good story. She tells a great story. It's fantastic. It sounds like a great idea. But what the hell have they actually gotten done? And specifically, Gary Gensler and his SEC that has been stifling innovation. So let's listen to Cynthia Loomis give her piss poor excuse for why she's voting for Gary Gensler. We'll not hesitate to engage with the SEC to help our country take its next steps forward. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield. The primary reason I voted in favor of Mr. Gensler's nomination is his commitment to financial innovation. Innovators in the digital asset, blockchain, and fintech space have only been able to have a one-way conversation with the SEC in the last few years, and that must change. To be competitive with China and Europe, the United States has to get serious about responsible integration of technology into our capital markets. This is a national security issue as much as a financial one, and one that will define our country's future prosperity. Responsible financial innovation must be a bipartisan issue. I am optimistic that Mr. Gensler will make this a priority, and I will watch the SEC very closely and will not hesitate to engage with the SEC to help our country take its next steps forward. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay, let's, let's give Cynthia Loomis the benefit of the doubt. Okay, she thought good guy Gary was going to come in and get something done. 
you know, we have reason to believe that he was going to be good. He was going to push a lot of people got excited. I know that I was taking a look at it like, okay, this guy taught at MIT. We go back, we pull the clips. He talks about XRP being a bridge currency, you know, fantastic utility. You know, this might do something. We understood that he did, you know, he's a Goldman Sachs guy, comes from Wall Street, but okay, maybe he's going to help get something done, right? So let's give Cynthia Loomis the benefit of the doubt, but Right here, we got January 22nd, 2023, Congress, where are we? What are we about to do? Now, some of the Republicans have stepped up. They've said they got a plan. Good. Okay, let's get it done. Let's hold these guys accountable. Uh, we got to do something. And like she said, this is not a political issue. We got to address the debt, currency, and liquidity crisis. And we got to demand truth and transparency uh, and accountability from these three-letter agencies that have completely gone overboard with what they were initially put in place for. I would argue that 90% of them need to be cut or removed. 90% of the three-letter agencies. So once again, uh, you know, we're going to continue to watch this uh, DC situation. Cynthia Loomis has never impressed me. She's pro-Bitcoin, uh, almost a Bitcoin maxi, you know, but, you know, it's... Uh, once again, these folks that are new to new to cryptocurrency, all they really understand is Bitcoin, and they've started to understand. Oh, Ethereum has a little utility. Oh, smart contracts. You know, they they know the catchphrases and the words to sound kind of hip, and then they come in here and they give these kind of generic speeches. Our treasury needs to be sitting down with Ripple right now. That that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. You know, it's it, it's one providing a level playing field, but also, we got to reset the debt. We got to reset the currency. And there's a little company that could help us do so because they hold the world's reserve digital currency. And if our United States tre Treasury and our, if our government got behind the XRP ledger and built their CBDC on the XRP ledger, uh, this, this would allow the United States to maintain that, basically maintain... Um, you know, you know, they XRP is a bridge. It's a bridge currency. It's a neutral bridge currency, and so it, it really wouldn't allow them to maintain the reserve, but it would allow them to maintain their standing. And that's that's why I've been saying, you know, in a perfect world, Ripple cut the deal with the Treasury Department, gives them five, ten billion XRP, and we build the CBDC on the XRP ledger, and we back it by gold. And Rosie Rio said that we had the gold at Fort Knox. So we're going to take Rosie on her word on that one, okay? But we got to do something. We got to do something. Even if we don't use the XRP ledger, Cynthia Loomis wants to establish a Bitcoin standard, put a little Bitcoin on the balance sheet. I don't think that that's the correct program, but once again, we got to do something. We got to acknowledge just how big this program is and just how desperate our situation is. Now, once again, the boldness that we see from Brad is exciting. At this point in the lawsuit, two years in, the bold statements coming from Brad Garlinghouse are having me feeling pretty good about this case. Brad says, when the truth eventually comes out, the shamefulness of their, uh, of their behavior will shock you. When the truth eventually comes out, the shamefulness of their behavior will shock you. And he's talking about the SEC. He says, the SEC wants you to think that it cares about disclosure, transparency, and clarity. When the truth eventually comes out, the shamefulness of their behavior will shock you. 
And I love to say, you know, I would love to see it. I'd love to see the Heyman. I'd love to see it all. But uh, it looks like Brad's, you know, confirming that we're going to see some of it. I don't know if we're going to see all of it. But I think that once again, it just confirms Brad's posture for me confirms that we have zero doubt about losing this case. But the problem is, if we don't act here soon, the United States is going to be left behind. This tweet from John Deaton. And this is the unfortunate situation in America. He says, the United States is being left behind. Full stop. Crypto regulation is not coming. I've seen some very smart people say things like, when will we get or when we get regulation soon? I hate to be a Debbie Downer about politics in the United States, but I don't see sensible crypto regulation being passed into law anytime soon. I believe the first or second quarter of 2025 is likely the earliest it could get done, and I may be overly optimistic with that time estimate. The market will continue to receive guidance only through judicial results from the SEC's regulation by enforcement policy. In other words, guidance will come by federal district court decisions like library, Ripple, Dragon, Cho Dragon Chain, etc. The industries must come together to help the fight uh, to fight the SEC's enforcement only policy. This is why Naomi Brockwell agreed to let me represent her in the library.com case. Yes, the library summary judgment decision has been made and the SEC received a total victory from the judge's ruling. The SEC conceded on the record that many, if not most, Library token holders did not view library as an investment and that they utilized the token for consumptive use. However, when asked by Jeremy Kaufman and strongly encouraged by the judge to provide clarity regarding secondary transactions of library, the SEC has refused. I have the script from the November 21st, 2022 hearing, although I'm not allowed to release it to the public yet. So John Deaton's sitting on some documents. Maybe John, John must have a red folder too. This is exciting, folks. I didn't know this. John says, I have the transcript from the November 21st, 2022 hearing, although I'm not allowed to release it to the public yet. The words secondary market transactions and the word clarity were uttered on the record more than a dozen times, each mostly from the judge. The SEC's response is the secondary market is not part of the case in controversy and that the SEC doesn't give clarity. The SEC is seeking a permanent injunction that does not distinguish between library and its executives and users of the platform or secondary market transactions. On January 30th, we have a hearing to discuss the issue. I have filed an amicus brief and an appearance in the case. Naomi Brockwell has never purchased an LBC token, and she has never sold a single token. She uses the tokens to help generate views for her videos. She didn't even know the tokens had a monetary value when she first acquired them. Library Coin is the quintessential utility token. Professional crypto traders have never heard of LBC. It's not an investment for its users. Library and its CEO have agreed to burn all pre-mined tokens, but the SEC won't budge on offering a no-action letter for users or an official statement or any type of clarity whatsoever. People have told me that I'm likely fighting a losing battle. Maybe I am, but what else do we do? We have to fight all these court battles because clarity through legislation is not coming. Congress, I triple dare you to prove me wrong. Wow. Wow. So John's sitting on some documents, some transcripts, okay? And, and we're going to hear them soon. 
and we're going to see this library case is not over, right? This, this library case, the judge has made a ruling, right? Where uh, initially we take a look at this and we see that the SEC has had a complete victory, right? But once again, they still haven't provided clarity. So, th so they're making their motion basically here against library and they're not willing to work with anybody. They're not willing to provide clarity. And what choice do we have? And so I want to say, God bless John Dean for being an American, an American lawyer who's stepping in to the legal battlefield for us. And we stand behind you, John. And, and, and we wish that uh, we can see this through and we can get a level playing field after clarity is provided. Whether that has to be fought out in court by gentlemen like yourself or whether Congress is going to get its act together. God bless you for being a man who is standing up, stepping into the battlefield, taking a stand. What choice do we have left to do here? And John, I just couldn't say it more. God bless you. We stand behind you. We're going to continue shining the light. We're going to continue calling out our congressmen and women who are supposed to be representing the people of America. We're going to continue to call out the SEC. The XRP army is on these guys' ass. I mean, I just saw today, I, I forget who it was, one of the, one of the uh, prominent XRP researchers in the community, I forget it, who it was on Twitter, but he put out that, that he had put together Bill Hinman's uh, calendar using chat GPT or using some AI bot. Or, I, I, I don't know how exactly he did it, but I'm, I'm just thinking, we're, we're using AI to expose this corruption at this point, right? It's not just the decentralized XRP army and the decentralized Americans standing up and even people outside of the country too that are just calling this out for what it is. We're now applying the AI bots to put together Bill Hinman's calendar because they won't release the calendars of Gary Gensler, Bill Hinman, any of these people. It's just been cover-up. And that's not how the United States of America is supposed to work. And so, you know, I'm going to get into it in, in, in a second here. This is so much more than a, 50K Federal Reserve buyback. We're going to get into it in a second. And we got real lawyers that are, that are taking a stand. And it's going to matter. It's going to matter. All of the people here in the XRP community that are building their business, trying to use the XRP ledger. We're not relying on Ripple at all. We're just trying to use this technology. And, and I had Jay from Spend the Bits on my platform. If you guys haven't seen that interview, you can go to the, the playlist tab. And I have the interviews. Go listen to the session that I do with Jay from Spend the Bits because Jay from Spend the Bits is who John Deaton is using in his amicus brief filing in the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit to show that once again, we have people outside of the main company, people outside of library that are using the library token, didn't even know it had a value. We got people outside of Ripple trying to do cross-border payments, setting up payment networks, Jay from Spend the Bits, allowing people to spend their crypto wherever on whatever have nothing to do with Ripple. This, this, is, this is why this is so important that we stand up, that we support the people that are building real utility on the XRP ledger, right? And, and we stand up for the lawyers like John Deaton that are willing to stand up in, in a United States court of law and God bless the United States for still having somewhat of a rule of law because it's clear as day that we have corrupt politicians that are supposed to be representing us not getting anything done besides making sure that their buddies get taken care of and making sure that they pick up the stocks before they move. So God bless John Deaton. Now, David Schwartz chimes in from XPunkDS on Twitter. 
Ripple CTO David Schwartz on why XRP is a commodity. XRP is a raw good that trades in commerce and one XRP is equal to every other XRP. That's pretty much the definition of a commodity. No part of XRP's value comes from anyone else's legal obligations to XRP holders. So once again, it's still clear to me, you know, this is a commodity. It's a currency, you know, digital currency. We can call it, you know, half a dozen different names and probably even more. Right. But at the end of the day, it is not a security. That is for sure. And it amazes me that we still get haters that think that XRP is a security. Could some sales of XRP in the early days of Ripple been structured as a security offering? You betcha. You betcha. You bet. Brad could have sold off some of the XRP, you know, and told his friend, hey, buy this XRP off me. I'm running the show. I'm going to make sure that this, you know, XRP is the heartbeat of Ripple. We're going to make it a world reserve currency. We don't know that. Brad has some of the best lawyers and in, in, in one of the best legal teams in the world. So I would doubt that he was that negligent in selling off any of his XRP. I would highly doubt that. But maybe, maybe, maybe they can make the case that some of the, some of the XRP that Ripple, Brad, or Chris sold in the early days was a unregistered security offering. We don't know how they structured the deal. We do not know how some of those deals were done. But it's clear as day that the XRP out in the public market, in the public space, in the hands of us is absolutely no security. Like David says, no part of XRP's value comes from anyone else's legal obligation to XRP holders. Yeah. Now, I want to share, I have another one here from David Schwartz, and this is what he posted in regards to XRP moving all the money. So, oh boy, let's take a sip of our adult beverage before we bring up all the money, the XRP buyback, the most recent valuation at 122,000 XRP. Dang it. I totally forgot to do a red folder thumbnail picture and put 120,000 in the title. I'm going to get way less views on this video because I forgot to do my clickbait. Darn it. Let's take a sip of our adult beverage before we move into this all the money conversation so everyone can just chill out for a second. I appreciate you guys, the real ones here on this channel. Appreciate you guys so much. Okay. So huge shout out to Young Bull. Here on Twitter, he shared this one with me, and he was responding to this post that I made. <clears throat> Fair market value, corporate governments, and commercial law. So much more than a $50,000 buyback from the Fed. So once again, I don't need to repeat this. You guys understand what we're doing now. You guys understand why I think this conversation is important. You guys understand why I want to solve the debt, currency, and the liquidity crisis. You guys understand why I want a future for my children in America. You guys understand where I'm coming from, right? That's why we're talking about this. But I want to share this with you guys. Young Bull found this on Twitter, and he says this. Just so you know, because low-key, I think everyone is getting ahead of themselves. And I would agree. Some of us might be. Some of us might be. But I'd rather be forward-thinking than being left with no claim, no rights, and my property taken away from me. Or bought back uh, at a lower price than the true value. This is David Schwartz saying himself that all the money can't run on one ledger. So I think the things need to really be put into perspective. 
I think things need to really be put into perspective. And he did a typo that was meant to be can't. He corrected that down here. Can't have all the money. This is David Schwartz saying himself that all the money can't run on one ledger. So I think ne things need to be really put into perspective. Let's take a look. Okay. This is what David shared with us. Uh, and I asked this guy, I asked this guy, uh, where and when did he post this? And huge shout out to Young Bull for sharing, you know, his source right here. He says this was shared on Crypto Eddie's page. David Schwartz, 11 20 So this was back in 2020. Okay. But let's go up here and let's take a look. XRPL was purpose-built for transacting both in a native neutral asset XRP and also in issued assets to bridge CBDC stablecoins, other payment networks, and other kinds of assets. Now remember, it used to be called issued assets. Now they've just named them tokens on the XRP ledger. So on the XRP ledger, you have the native token, which is XRP. That's obvious. Everyone understands that. But then you have issued assets, which now have become just tokens on the XRP ledger, okay? So you have XRP and you also have issued assets to bridge CBDC, stablecoins, other payment networks, and other kinds of assets. XRPL has ash asset issuance built into the protocol. Issuance, authorization, payments, settlement, and exchange are all native operations with simple APIs. Issued assets can represent fiat currency, securities, or anything else of fungible value that works like a currency. The XRP ledger can't handle all the world's payments, and I'm not proposing a one network solution. That's totally unrealistic. People want different things and have different problems, but XRP can be the hub or backbone that provides the fast international settlement piece. It won't solve the last mile problem, but will help with interoperability and concentrating liquidity so enterprises don't have to keep funds in every payment system. Okay, so let's break this down. Let's, let's break this down. David always puts it together so well for us. What we have here is a DEX, a decentralized exchange. Basically, the first DEX that was basically created in cryptocurrency is the XRP ledger. XRP is the native token. And then we had issued assets, which are now just called tokens. And that's going to be your Reaper coin. That's going to be casino coin. All these other, I mean, we used to have, I think we still have gold on the XRP ledger. And then you're seeing all these other currencies that are now on the XRP ledger as well, right? All of these issued assets are to bridge CBDC stablecoins and other payment networks and other kinds of assets. Issued assets can represent fiat currency securities or anything else of fungible value that works like a currency. So once again, anything, anything of fungible value can be put on the XRP ledger, right? Anybody can make a token and say that it represents whatever they want it to. And you guys are seeing that. You guys are seeing of all sorts of projects being launched on the XRP ledger with some claim of what they represent, with some story to tell you, right? I've, I've long been arguing that many of these projects are just sucking people's XRP from them, and I hate to see it. A lot of these projects don't have it. They don't have the utility. They, they probably will end up just fading away. And they've, they've, they've you know, gotten people to give up their XRP. 
The XRP ledger can't handle all the world's payments, and I'm not proposing a one network solution. So, I, I, and I think that Ripple's focus has been very clear, right? They're, they're focused on wholesale solutions. So they're not really worried about retail. They're not worried about buying the coffee, right? They're, they're, they're focused on, as David Schwartz calls it, the hub or backbone. So you think about that. This, this is the hub and spoke uh, theory, right? We're going to be the main hub, and then all, you have all these different spokes off of that. And we're not, we're not going to move all of it. We're not going to be the final last mile. Like he says, it won't solve the last mile problem. It's not meant really to solve the last mile problem. Now, could you create a token on the XRP ledger that does solve the last mile problem? Absolutely. Could you build other technology like Jay from Spend the Bits who built last mile solutions on top of the XRP ledger? Yes. Right? But it will help with interoperability and concentrating liquidity so enterprises don't have to keep funds in every payment system. Right. Right. So it, it, it's meant to be the, the, the main one. So although David says that it's not meant to handle all the money, all of the world's payments, I'm not proposing a one network solution. It's meant to be the hub. It's meant to be the backbone. It's meant to be the highway. If we think about pools of liquidity in the payment system like we do the water on this planet, XRP ledger is like ocean, an ocean, right? And these other little networks are little ponds, little streams, little cricks. Many of the projects in the space are uh, that, that little crick that you got flown in your backyard that dries up during the summer. That's how much liquidity, that, that, that's how much utility, that's how much value is in that network. XRP is like a damn ocean. It's going to be the main, the, the, the main route for payments in the new financial system. That's what this thing's designed for. Decentralized exchange. And we're going to have, we're, we're going to have plenty of utility that's coming to this ledger because it's one of the best for payments. And it's one of the easiest to build on top of. So you're going to have people that are going to put gold uh, on it, they're going to have a token that represents gold. There's going to be tokens that represent silver. There's going to be tokens that represent ex, uh, real estate, bonds, securities, anything you can imagine. You guys are seeing the NFTs, pictures of penguins. Come be a, come be a part of our community, bro. There's going to be all sorts of it. And and once again, even though those projects, the little tokens themselves, might not have that much utility. They might actually, you know, there's actually, you know, frauds and scams that are coming to the XRP ledger now too, unfortunately. But what does that do? What does that do? What does that do to XRP's price? It makes less XRP available. Because I was thinking about this once again today. You have 4.5 million XRP wallets. What's the minimum requirement for every XRP wallet? Well, it used to be 20. Now it's 10. So we have about 45 million XRP that's just locked up as the minimums in wallets. Now, obviously, compared to 100 billion, you know, 45 million, not that much, you're thinking, right? But once again, account for all of the lost XRP, account for all of the XRP that's about to be burned, account for all of the XRP that's about to be locked up when all of the DeFi, more tokens are built on the XRP ledger. 
more markets, more fiat currencies, more securities, or anything else of fungible value that works like a currency is put on the XRP ledger. All it does is lock up supply. So even if it's not uh, that high value of a network, it can still lock up considerable supply, right? And this is what we've been talking about here with, with this thing is that they solve the most important issue first, which is payments, scalability, and you know, 1,500 transactions per second is what they tell, right? It's capable of 1,500 transactions per second. We understand that it's actually capable of a whole lot more. Hundreds of thousands of transactions on the private ledger. So once again, XRPL is still the main highway, but you're going to have other interstate systems that are the CBDC networks, just like the CBDs that have already been built on the XRP ledger. You're going to have the SWIFT system, which is another major highway, right? But it's going to have access. It's going to have an on-ramp, off-ramp to the XRP ledger too. And when the institutions start to park and lock up some of these, these little XRP tokens, I think is when we really get the supply shock and when we really start to see that price move. Because you start to think about, well, you know, who's actually going to buy my XRP at $100? Who's actually going to buy my XRP at $1,000? Well, these, these, these banks and institutions and real businesses that have real problems to solve, real liquidity that needs to be moved, real value that needs to be represented, they're going to choose the XRP ledger. You know, we we want to we want to uh, we want to basically um, issue a security. We want to issue a gold back token. We want to issue a NFT project. Uh, we're we're going to be locking up some XRP. And 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 once again, guys, let's let's summarize this session. Okay, once again, we've confirmed this was a CZ Binance pump. Binance and his friends, CZ and his friends, we're in the middle of another fake out bull trap rally. Okay. We're, we've seen the markets already roll back over. We're expecting this thing to come back down. Fundamental analysis tells us that we haven't bottomed out. Okay. But what are we seeing in the current events? We're seeing a flip. All truth is starting to be revealed. Our own damn president is under investigation. It's very interesting to watch. I can't really comment on it much further than that. But in regards to the ripple versus the SEC lawsuit, we're also exposing them and we're also on the brink of a ruling from the judge. So we're getting very close. We also in the legal battle have actors like John Deaton that are stepping up on behalf of the people. And we have uh, lawyers like Fred Rispoli who filed class action lawsuits against Coinbase. And I'm going to be having him on my show this coming week. So the legal battle continues. Now, when, when we get to this conversation, I, I, I'm honestly kind of over and, and kind of, you know, just, just over the drama and people getting so butthurt about this conversation and missing the point. This is the thing is that they're missing the damn point. As I put out in my original tweet, right? I put out here. And this is what Jimmy, Jimmy sent this to us in the last update is that the buyback conversation is quite possibly the greatest Trojan horse for having a conversation about the fair market value of XRP, corporate governments, and commercial law. So people are completely missing this. So, you know, it's not about, I'm trying to get anybody to believe in a buyback. I, I'm, it's not about believing in any theory. It's about what claim are you making with your lawyers? You, you know, 
what's your strategy right now? Because we're under attack, specifically here in the United States. Maybe if you're in another country and you've got regulatory clarity, you got your XRP, you're not worried, then God bless you. You're fine. You're just going to be able to watch us Americans struggle and battle against our corrupt uh, three-letter agencies and government and Congress that's not getting their act together. So you guys can just enjoy the, enjoy the show. But for us, we are in a fight against a corrupt government that is bankrupt. We have to understand the changes to the commercial law. And all we've ever wanted is a level playing field and to talk about the future utility that's coming to this XRP ledger, how damn massive it could be, and talk about the true fair market value of XRP and the future value of XRP, the real value of XRP. Because today's price is not the value of any one of these assets that has real utility and has a role in the new financial system. That's the difference. That's what we need to understand about this conversation. Put your big boy pants on. Stop getting offended. Stop getting mad that somebody put together a valuation model. Yes, I see some flaws in the valuation model. No model is going to be perfect, right? And we're running with assumptions. So nobody has all of the facts and the truth. We're literally running with assumptions. So we have to be clear about that from the very beginning. So if we don't think that, if, if we think that the valuation that Molly put out, uh, $122,000 XRP, assuming that uh, all the XRPs on the XRP ledger or all the values on the XRP ledger and uh, making the assumptions that they made, the value is 120000 If we don't agree with that, that's fine. We don't have to be little kids about it, right? We don't, we don't have to get, get so butthurt. What we're trying to bring about is a conversation about the real value and the utility that is potential for the XRP ledger, right? And it's not so that we can pump our own bags. I believe that this is already set in stone to be a life-changing opportunity, right? But we do need to have this conversation because I'll just, I'll just leave, it, leave you guys with this. I'm hearing talks behind the scenes that more cases, more class action lawsuits could be around the corner. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'm super excited to be having a conversation with Fred Rispoli, somebody who's filed his class action lawsuit against Coinbase, Songbird, Flare, thank you, on behalf of the XRP community and dumbasses like me that had my XRP on Coinbase at the time of the snapshot that still don't have their Songbird or Flare. Thank you for stepping up, Fred. Really looking forward to our conversation. And I, 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 I you know, once again, we're going to have these conversations with the lawyers. We're going to have the conversations with these guys that are trying to get something done. And this conversation matters because th this class action lawsuit that Fred just filed is one of many. There's others that are on the way. There's claims to be made. And I'm going to figure out for myself, for my community, what we can do. What we can do. And I think that there's just a huge misunderstanding happening. And people are jealous. People are envious because, you know, uh, we've become the talk of the town, right? And, and we, we get more views and people get offended by my red folder. That's fine, right? If, if we're not going to get everyone. Not everyone's mature enough to have an adult conversation, come to the table, discuss fair market value, corporate governments, and commercial law. See, this is what's interesting. All these people that throw shade and hate, none of them know about Article 12, take free rule. None of them. 
So they literally don't even understand the commercial law changes that are coming into effect that are going to affect all digital asset investors. Yet they're throwing shade at some people that are bringing in some lawyers into the conversation. Get some lawyers on their side of the table. Just because they're offended about price valuations and because somebody thinks XRP could have done something cool. It's sad to see, man. And I'm, and I'm over it, man. And I'm not going to stop talking about this conversation. I'm going to keep having it, right? But I'm not I'm not giving any of these guys attention. I just, you know, I'm not going to let them try to take any of our energy. I'll just let them show themselves for, for what they are, which is just immature, jealous, and envious of the platform that we've built out. Uh, you know, they're, they're, that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. So for those of the real ones out there that are listening to me, Come join the conversation, figure out what claim we need to make. And then on a daily basis, we're not on Hopium. We're not on 50K Hopium. What do you guys think this is? This is this is a, a serious strategy to take advantage of the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. And it's an absolute pleasure. It's an absolute joy. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.